Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show, and the official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. We're here to talk about this past week in wrestling, and the last live show of 2018. So we're going to talk about TLC, which happened this past Sunday. We're going to talk about all the bullshit going on with Raw and SmackDown. And we're going to talk about this week's episode of NXT. And we're also going to talk about next week's Raw and SmackDown, because they taped those already. I haven't read the results, but we're going to do it all together on the show, so that'll be fun. But yeah, we are streaming this live over at Twitch at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. So if you're in the live audience... Feel free to leave questions and comments, and when we get to the spoilers, maybe avoid them if you don't want to know, but really, it's Christmas time, so you're, you're not going to watch it anyway. So how's everyone going? I'm Owen, which I think I said already, not sure. I'm tired, because if you don't know, coming up... In the coming weeks are the best and worst of 2018 episodes where we give out all the awards and we're currently doing that stuff now and boy it's, just, it's a lot it's a lot like these are really long podcasts so I hope during the holidays in the beginning of the year you're ready to listen to a lot of arguing but it's very productive so those episodes are coming out but because I'm using up all my energy on those. Don't have a lot to give you this week. But it's fine. It's the last live show of the year. So we'll just get through this. Then we'll be off into Christmas times next week. It'll Everything will be fine. And I'm sure 2019 will be way better. I'm, I'm, I can't guarantee that, though. But we should just get on into things. Because it is... Not a lot going on with wrestling in the news department. All the news kind of happened on the screen the past couple of days. And not not in a good way. So let's just do it. Let's get into the wrestling news. So the first news is, uh, it's a kind of a positive for WWE because, uh, the past few weeks, I've been talking about how bad the ratings have been for Raw, and good news, they're slightly better. The uh, Raw went up 16% and is the highest rating they've had since October, which is good for them. But uh, that's because Vince McMahon came back and made a big announcement. And of course, even I tuned in for that, so that tells you a lot. Uh, SmackDown also saw a spike with a 12% increase, because people are probably intrigued with how they're going to ruin that show, but seems like it's pretty much the same, just with some extra layer of bullshit on top, but we'll get to it. And uh, the other big news this week is, uh, if you are a fan of the show Being the Elite, the Young Bucks have been doing the storyline with this H character, which we all know is Triple H. And, uh, this episode had them super kicking him and turning down his offer. And it makes you think, is this a swerve? 
because they talked about how bad Raw is. Are they going to go to SmackDown? Like, what's the deal? And, uh, it appears, this isn't confirmed 100%, but it appears that the WWE did offer the Young Bucks a contract, and they ended up turning it down. Which, I think, is a huge mistake. Because, uh, it appears what they're going to be attempting to do is this all-elite wrestling thing, which seems to be, like, their own federation. Outside of Ring of Honor, outside of New Japan. Like, they're ending ties with them, and they're going to start their own thing. And I'm not sure how that's going to go. Because it's just these guys taking a big risk, which they did all in, and that was a success, but can they sustain this as, like, a, a regular touring promotion? I'm not so sure. I think they were, if they were not going to WWE, I think it was a safer bet would have been to remain with companies like New Japan and Ring of Honor, which have, you know, financial backing and solid history and, you know, a wider reach. But, you know, if they want to they try this thing, go for it. I'm just not confident in how it will go. But we'll see. I'll, I'll probably be wrong. Or I probably won't. I still think they should have tried to go to the WWE and see what they could do there and get paid. Because I'm sure WWE has Saudi Arabia money. They have tons of money to throw at these guys. To give up a short thing. I don't know if they're going to get that kind of offer again. Especially if this AEW thing crashes and burns. But time will tell. January's coming up. The contracts with New Japan are coming up. And then we'll see what this countdown thing is and what their actual plan is for AEW. And that's all I got for the news. If uh, if anyone in the chat has anything they'd like me to discuss or that I missed, I can uh, you know get back around to talking about it, but... Until then, we're going to move on to talk about TLC, which happened this Sunday, and it was in San Jose, and it was the last pay-per-view of the year, which, if you don't know, is our cutoff for our Best and Worst of Awards. So, anything that happened on Raw and SmackDown this week, not eligible, will be up to be able to be awarded in 2019's awards. So, don't worry. The promo that happened on Monday is not going to win worst promo yet. So, yeah. um, DLC. It's long show with 12 matches. Two of them that were on the kickoff, which I didn't watch because, no. I don't need to see the cruiser. I I don't watch 205 Live. I don't need to see the cruiserweights. And I don't need to see Elias and Bobby Lashley. In a match where they said, you climb the ladder, you get the guitar, you can use it as a weapon. But instead, when Elias grabbed the, the guitar, they rang the bell and announced him the winner. For reasons. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, aside from that, on the main card, we had uh, 
the Mahalisha versus Fabulous Truth match was which was the mixed match challenge finals. And uh to no one's surprise, Fabulous Truth won. They've got the number thirty spots in their rumbles, which will be a total waste. Or maybe they'll, you know, put them on the line next month and lose those spots. And they got an all expense paid trip to WWE headquarters. Which we did not get vignettes for this week. Hopefully we will in down the road. I mean, they have to do something with this. I'm guessing either during the Christmas or the New Year's episodes. But yeah, aside from that, Fabulous Truth wins. It was a fine match. Uh, the Bar of the Usos and the New Day had their triple threat, and I was wrong last week. I thought they would do the three people are illegal at the same time thing, but instead they went with the boring one-on-one tag anyone in approach. And I think the match suffered from it because these teams are really talented and this match kind of just seemed whatever. I'm guessing the fatigue is set in of seeing these three teams constantly fighting, which they addressed on SmackDown this week. But uh, the bar did retain the belts. The Baron Corbin Braun Strowman match, the TLC match they had planned, did happen. Sort of. With uh, Braun still not technically being medically cleared to be physical. But he he, expl- he came out and exp- in, in a slang and explained there's no disqualifications. Anyone can interfere. And Finn Balor, Gable and Rude, and Kurt Angle, and Heath Slater all interfered. And beat him up. And it was... Whatever. Braun, Braun got the Braun won the match as he was supposed to, and he's got the he'll hopefully be cleared by the Rumble to have his match with Brock Lesnar. I'm, I'm it's, it's whatever. It was like it was expected, but it was still kind of lame and just wanted to get get over with because this Baron Corbin stuff's been just the worst. Um, speaking of the worst. Uh, Natalia and Ruby Riot had their match, their tables match, with the the Jim Neidhart table being around. And the match essentially had Liv Morgan and uh, Sarah Logan going through tables first to get them out of the way. And then Natalia brought out a table of with Ruby Riot's picture on it for reasons. Could have been do like picture of her father or something. But, whatever. Point is, Ruby Ryan went through a table with Ruby Ryan on it, and Natalia won. Because, of course, she did. The good guy had to prevail at this storyline, with the way they were going. Even though I think it would have been pretty funny if she lost and went through the table with her father on it. But, as I was discussing with people off the air, uh, I think the storyline should be now that Natalia has the table with her father on it, be her manager, and have his ghost in it, and him motivating her to keep winning. But that's too far-fetched, clearly, for WWE, so they're not going to do it. They had a bunch of matches happen no one cares about. 
the Balor McIntyre was whatever. Orton Mysterio was fine. Like, there were a couple cool spots, like Ray using a chair as a sled to hit Orton on the outside. And uh, kind of the Hurricane Rana type deal off the chairs that Randy was sitting on into a really quick pin, which was the finish of the match. That was cool. But, yeah, it was fine. And uh, the Rousey Jacks match was just... Bunch of Nia beating up Ronda Rousey, and then Ronda Rousey coming back and breaking her arm. How exciting. The good thing, though, is what happened after the match backstage with uh, the man Becky Lynch coming up and punching uh, Nia in the face. That was cool. Didn't like the promo later of Ronda Rousey saying that, you know, payback's a bitch to, uh, to Becky and Charlotte. Which kind of foreshadowed pretty blatantly what was going to happen. Danny Bryan and AJ Styles had a good match because they're good wrestlers. Um, the Danny Bryan did some really fun submissions. I'm still enjoying his character. I liked some of the signs in the crowd. Like saying that they wasted paper to make the sign. Just to piss Bryan off. And uh, the, fi- the finish was uh, a quick roll-up by Brian in a surprising fashion, which I like. I like these like, non-finisher finishes because it-, it makes you think the match can actually end at any point, and you should try to, you know, not only pop for finishers. So I- it was a- that was good, and I'm sure Brian and Styles aren't done. Right, that'll probably be a match at the Rumble. If I were to guess. Unless, you know... Certain someone else gets the title shot instead. After what happened on SmackDown. Which I'm all for. Uh, Then, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins had an Intercontinental title match that no one cared about. Because the show was really fucking long. And this was a cooldown match. Reports going around that Vince McMahon was mad about it. And... You shouldn't be mad because it was a cooldown spot for a match. You can't, crowd can't be hot for a hundred hours in a row. So they just didn't care. And to be fair, it was a bunch of rest holds. So really, why should they have cared? And it ended up with Dean Ambrose hitting Dirty Deeds becoming the new Intercontinental Champion. F- fine. This feud's doing nothing for me. Then the main event was for the SmackDown Women's title, where it belongs in the main event, with Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka in a triple threat TLC match. And this match was cool. Lots of great spots. Lots of people going through tables. A kendo stick was involved. Uh, Becky jumping... Onto off a ladder through the announce table, bouncing off Charlotte before it collapsing was nuts. Uh, Charlotte's spear through through a table on uh, on Becky was nuts. Uh, the only thing that I wasn't crazy about, but also the uh, kind of the power bomb off the top rope 
uh, by Asuka to Becky onto a ladder looked brutal. Oof. Like, I think Becky's legitimately upset about it and beat the shit out of Asuka later in the match. But, uh, the weird thing was Charlotte and Asuka climbing a ladder and Becky staying up a ladder beside it for no reason. Not under the, not under the, uh, title. Just to set up the spot where Ronda Rousey showed up, uh, knocked Charlotte and Becky off of it and opening the door for Asuka on the other ladder to climb up. I still think it would have been fine if the, it was the same ladder and Asuka just had to prop it back up. It wouldn't have been a big deal, but it's a minor nitpick. It makes sense, though, that Ronda would be involved because it sets up the match with Charlotte coming up and then, you know, Becky having the match at WrestleMania. So it should be fine. I'm a... I'm looking forward to those, especially the WrestleMania main event, because after all the stuff that Ronda and Becky have been through, it, it's it's time. It's time for them to get in the ring and settle this and actually make it look believable and awesome. Legitimately believe this could be the main event of WrestleMania and not just because it's a women's match and we got to do historic stuff. It's because it's the it's the hottest story going, and it deserves the main main event spot. So I'll be curious to see how that goes. But yeah, it was TLC. It was fine. It wasn't anything special. It it did it did it, it, it's this thing. Um, match of the night obviously would be the the triple threat in the main event. Uh. Things to avoid would be the Seth Dean match and the Corbin stuff. Everything else was fine. I, I again, I can't comment on the pre-show. I didn't, I didn't watch it. It's too too much wrestling. And uh, we should move on to talk about the main roster shows that happened this week. Uh, let's talk about. Raw, because Raw kicked off with something that even I tuned in for. And that is Vince McMahon having his big announcement. And his big announcement was... That he was going to bring out Stephanie... And then Triple H... And then Shane McMahon... Despite the fact he's the GM of... Or the commissioner of SmackDown. And they did a whole spiel about, oh, we fucked up. Show's bad. No one likes it. No one wants to, to sign with us. No one wants to tune in. We sorry. We we do better. We're gonna give you guys new stuff. And then they proceeded to give us three hours of the same old shit with a couple of new things sprinkled in. And it was. I don't. I don't know what you're doing here with the McMahon's. This was this was not great. I I hope this was just them like slowly easing into it, because they at least announced six new NXT call ups, which they didn't announce what shows they're going to, so we don't know that. 
But they were... Let's see here. Lars Sullivan, EC3, Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross. Which I assume Nikki Cross is going to go to SmackDown. Lacey Evans goes to Raw. Uh, Heavy Machinery goes to SmackDown. EC3 goes to Raw. And then Lars is anyone's guess. He can honestly go anywhere. Mm. But yeah, after the opening segment with Vince and then seeing Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle fighting again, I just had to turn it off. And there's Dean and Seth stuff happening again. I just... No. The only positive, I guess, would be the gauntlet match at the end of Raw and uh, Natalia winning it to shake things up a little bit. Because uh, next week, she's going to have her match with her best friend, Ronda Rousey. Drama! I haven't read ahead, but after we talk about SmackDown, we're going to take a look at the spoilers together and see exactly what happened there. Uh, On the SmackDown side of things, uh, Paige got relieved of her duties as GM because we can't have nice things. We have to have the McMahons on every show. As if having Shane wasn't bad enough by himself. Well, normally he's fine, but this Miz stuff has been awful. Um, aside from, you know, he did the whole rah-rah thing at the start of the show, which I appreciated that the SmackDown roster booed the mention of Raw, because Raw's a bad show. Everyone knows it. Um, we saw the SmackDown tag division get revitalized by Sanity and, uh, and the Good Brothers re-emerging. And saying, hey, we haven't been used in months. Just been the bar of the Usos in the New Day. We're also on the roster. So we had a match between the Usos and the Good Brothers, and Sandy got involved. And the bar got involved. And the and the New Day are busy with their Pancake Spectacular that's airing tonight, apparently, on the USA Network. Since we're broadcasting this live on Wednesday, I don't know. Um... But the other big change from SmackDown is uh, Mustafa Ali getting promoted from 205 Live to SmackDown after his great match with Daniel Bryan last week. And uh, Mustafa Ali's great, and I'm glad to see him not be trapped in 205 Live hell and giving those guys, you know, some kind of hope that, hey, maybe if we work hard enough, we can get out of this purgatory between it NXT and the main roster. And yeah. Uh, he was in a tag match in the main event with AJ Styles to take on Brian and Andrade Cianamas, another underused guy, and this match ruled because everyone in it is very talented. And they gave them plenty of time. And uh, the interesting thing about this, though, was this seemed to be a showcase for Mustafa Ali, considering that he hit the 054 on Daniel Bryan, which looked like it didn't quite hit the mark, and, and by that I mean hit the mark a little too well, and he got the pinfall on the WWE Champion. So I'm curious if this will be a, uh, a title match on the New Year's Day episode of SmackDown, or if they're actually going to 
you know, give him the title match at the Royal Rumble. I'm not sure. But I think Mustafa Ali's great, and I'm glad that they're, you know, revitalizing SmackDown's top of the card by putting this guy in there. Also, I forgot to mention that apparently on Raw, Shane McMahon abolished the the contractual rematch clause for title matches for some reason, so that's not a thing anymore. So if you lose a belt, you're back to the bottom of the list. That's weird. I mean, the long run, it's probably a good thing, but still, it's kind of weird. So yeah, that's a... That's a quick rundown of exactly what happened on this week's shows. Very, very bizarre. I'm not sure how I feel about the McMahons. Actually, I do know how I feel. I just don't know how I feel about what changes will actually happen to the shows. Especially SmackDown. But yeah, uh... I have the spoilers up here for next week's Raw and SmackDown, so uh, why don't we look at them together and figure out what the hell they're doing? So let's take a look at Raw first. Da da da, Sacramento. Uh, Elias kicks off the Christmas. Oh, by the way, I got I'm getting these from WrestlingInc.com. The the spoilers for Raw. And the SmackDown spoilers come to us from WhatCulture.com. So, just want to make sure I'm citing my sources here. Um, Elias kicks off the Christmas Eve edition of Raw with a Christmas song in the ring. Elias knocks Bobby Lashley and Leah Rush with, a, with the song. They interrupt, and it's time for a miracle on 34th Street fight. Elias wins... The highlight of the match was Elias busting open a present that had Legos in it. Elias backdropped Lashley onto the toys and shattered a violin over his back. Leah Rush received an eggnog bath after the match. That seems fun. I like the Lego spot seems cool. It's a Christmas Eve episode. There's always gotta be a weird, be a weird gimmicky match, so I have no problem with that. The Raw Tag Team Champions Chad Gable and Bobby Roode retain over the Revival when Gable rolled Scott Dawson with a pin. That seems less great. I hope the match was good at least, but that seems like a bummer. Uh, let's see. Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Ember Moon defeated Mickey James, Dana Brooke, and Alicia Fox. The Riot Squad attacked Moon, Banks, and Bailey after the match. Oh, no. It's another everyone in the pool thing with the women that SmackDown was doing for a while. And I guess now they're doing it with Raw. Because they don't know how to book compelling women's stories. Finn Balor defeated Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler in a triple threat. Drew announced himself for the Royal Rumble match in a pre-match promo. Balor won the match by pinning Ziggler. McIntyre came back into the ring for a post-match attack, but Ziggler connected with a zigzag before he could do anything. Great. I've, I'm one of the few people that has no interest in Drew McIntyre. I so, um, so many people like sing these praises to me, and I just don't get it. I didn't like him in NXT. I, didn't like, I don't like him here. Finn continues to kind of be boring without you know having the demon around. And, uh, 
Dolph Ziggler is Dolph Ziggler. Paul Heyman comes out for his Christmas, uh, for his, his celebrating the holidays with Paul Heyman segment. He declares WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar will defeat Braun Strowman at the Royal Rumble. Strowman interrupts, not wearing the sling on his arm. Interesting. And taunts Heyman, terrifying him. Braun places a Santa hat on Heyman's head, taunts him a bit more, and promises to beat Lesnar for the title at the Rumble. Fine. The, 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 the lack of sling is the most interesting part about that. Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey retained over Natalia. Rousey made Natalia tap to the armbar. That seems anticlimactic. No, no turn by Natalia. No, no drama there. Uh, okay. Heath Slayer defeated Jinder Mahal by DQ due to interference by Singh Brothers. Rhino comes out dressed as Santa Claus to make the save. For Slater, Rhino ends the segment with a gore to Jinder. Okay. I, I, I like si- Santa Rhino, but... Okay. Seth Rollins defeated Corbin in the main event. Rollins wins with the stop. Baron Corbin's still in the main event, eh? That's cool. Glad things are changing. This new era of where we're the authority is real great. God, I hope they really change things up next week because Jesus Christ. <sighs> but let's let's get to SmackDown. Let's see what SmackDown has. Uh, so yeah, this is again from WhatCulture.com. Uh, let's see. Here we go. The taping is set to begin with an eight-man tag paying the Usos in the club against the Bar Insanity. The New Day, decked out as you may expect in in, in bows of ho- bows of holly, offer commentary as the Good Brothers pick up the win. Okay. An R-Truth to Carmella promo is up next, only to be gate-crashed by Daniel Bryan. The WWE champ lays in the truth for being a tired old joke, though he's, ha- though he's having none of it, retorting that he's going to win the Royal Rumble. The segment predictably concludes with Bryan beating up Truth. Mustafa Ali then bests Andrade Almas in an apparently super match, before the Miz introduced Best in the World Shane McMahon, the pair announced they are now officially a tag team. Okay. That's kind of random at the end there, but Mustafa Ali and Andrade Almas seems like a cool thing I want to watch. The final portion of the show begins with Jeff Hardy losing to Samoa Joe via disqualification. Of course. And I read Joe Choke's younger Hardy brother out after the contest. Finally, Rusev overcomes Shinsuke Nakamura to claim his United States title in the main event. Murray Rusev Day. Okay, that last part seems cool. Giving Rusev the title finally. But, uh, I'm not sure what that means for Nakamura, though. Because, really, that's the only thing he had going for him. And by that, it wasn't much. Seems like a an episode of SmackDown that you can miss on Chris Christmas, but 
Rusev winning the title seems cool, and I want to see Ali versus Almas. So I guess I'll get on Hulu and watch those sometime next week. And that's that's it for the main roster stuff for the next two weeks. Let's move over to talk about NXT, which aired tonight. And kind of, it's going to kind of be a fast recap because it was kind of, like the main event's the only really important thing that happened here. And there's not much of, you know, going through it blow by blow, but mostly talking about what happened at the beginning and the end. But let's get through this episode. NXT opened with Io Shirai and Dakota Kai taking on Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. That's right. I know their names now because I wrote them down. I'm not just going to keep saying it's the, the other two. Uh, Duke and Shafir are using Shannon Baylor's music, of course. Uh, and the first thing I write here is that these two are not very good. Shocking, I know. They're very green to this, and their selling is not impeccable. And also, like, knowing how wrestling matches work is not great, but... The important thing is that the Kai and Chirai picked up the win. Clean, which is kind of crazy for the debut of these two. But I get it, because they're not that great. Uh, what happened was that uh, Kai kicked... Duke off of the uh, off the ring apron and Yoshirai hit a moonsault onto Shafir and picked up the win. We got an interview outside one of those weird press conference ones where people hold up phones to uh, Matt Riddle and he pretty much stares Ono to try to attack him in the back again because a couple weeks ago after uh, Matt Riddle beat Punishment Martinez. Catch Zono attacked him from behind on the ramp. So, that thing's still happening. Yay! Uh, Aaron Mackey took on the debuting Dominic Dijakovic. Dijakovic. It's not even Dijak, but he's got a weird name now. Dijakovic is his name. You know, it's Dijak's... I don't know. It's dumb. It's pretty much this tiny guy getting beat up by Dijakovic, who just manhandles him the whole time. Uh, I like that the crowd tried to start a little Mac chant for, uh, for Mackie, but did not work out for him. Because uh, Dijakovic won with the Feast Your Eyes, which is his finisher. It's a torture rack into, like, kind of an AA, like, Egypt. Uh, but it's knee first, face first. It looked, it looked cool. Still don't like the name. Dijakovic. Dijakovic. What a... I'm gonna figure it out eventually. He he's fine. He's good. He's a good wrestler. This wasn't kind of whatever. Speaking of whatever, heavy machinery beat up a bunch of jobbers to get ready for their 
NXT title match next week against the Undisputed Era. And uh, with the announcement of them going to the main roster, you can guess how that goes. Spoilers, I don't think... I didn't read ahead, but I bet they don't win the titles. I do love me some heavy machinery, though. And in the main event, we had uh, the steel cage match between Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano. Uh, this match started at 8.30, which meant we were going to get a half hour of this, and I was for it. Uh, Johnny Gargano attacked from behind before Black could get into the ring during his entrance. Uh, Black eventually got the advantage and threw Gargano into the cage. The door closed, and the match started. As soon as the bell rang, Johnny immediately tried to escape the cage, but Black was having none of that. And then they had a good, hard-hitting back-and-forth match. Doing what these guys do best. Nothing I need, really need to recap. Uh, the door is unlocked when Gargano is near it because he, he calls for it. Uh, Alzer Black does a running knee to Gargano's head. And it almost gives him an easy fall out of the ring to hit the floor. But before he could do that, Alzer Black realized it grabbed his legs and dragged them back into the ring to stop that. There was a sick thing where uh, Alzer Black was on the second rope, holding onto the cage, and Johnny ran up behind them, hit a Russian leg sweep off the second rope to the ground, and rolled into a Gargano escape from it. And that looked cool. Uh, Black got up to his feet and tried to bounce off the cage to get out of it, but Johnny kept holding on, and they went back to the mat. Uh... Alistair Black again tried to get up and uh, hit the cage with with uh, Gargano to try to get him off. But Gargano instead grabbed the cage and started to climb up and escape. He kind of got halfway over, but Black uh, caught him and got him back into the ring. Then, near the end of the match, we got to a point where uh, Alistair Black was on the ground crawling for the door while Johnny was climbing the cage getting it to the other side, trying to climb down. When, as Alistair Black was getting to the door, it got slammed into his face by Tomasa Ciampa. That fucking guy. Uh, Ciampa slammed it. Uh, Gargano gets back into the... Actually, climbs back into the ring. You know, he was in the middle of escaping, but he got back in to see what was going on. And the crowd started chanting DIY. And then... They did that double kick, the double, the DIY double running knee kick thing that they do to Alistair Black. Johnny is, like, shocked at, at the fact that, one, it happened, and two, that he went along with it. Uh, Tronza Ciampa slowly left the ring as Johnny Gargano pinned Alistair Black, one, two, three. And leaves a lot of questions. Johnny does not know what this means. Ciampa is on the on the uh, the ramp, slowly clapping. And uh, episode ends with Johnny Gargano sitting next to Alistair Black's corpse, figuring out what the future holds. Is DIY is like an evil version of DIY happening now? Did he finally? Join up with 
his heated enemy. Maybe. It, it sure makes next month super exciting. Because uh, Johnny's been turning evil lately, and this is the most evil he can go. Is being with Tomasa Ciampa. And what sucks for him, though, is that he's going to play second fiddle to the uh, NXT champion. Since I'm pretty sure they ain't going for the tag belts with Ciampa as the champion. But these two working together on the dark side could be that little extra edge that Ciampa needs to get the advantage over people like Aleister Black in his match at TakeOver Phoenix. Not to say, or maybe this is an an elaborate ruse by Johnny Gargano, and he's going to uh, betray Champa and get his revenge at Phoenix to set up another one-on-one feud without the belt. Don't know. I'm excited though. It's going to be a lot of fun to see where this goes because I've got no idea. But. I believe that takes us to the end of uh, this episode. Now, like I said, this is going to be a shorter episode of Heel Turn because of all the end-of-the-year award stuff happening and the holiday coming up next week. But that has been Heel Turn, a production of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. We do this show live every Wednesday night. At nine, th- nine between nine and nine thirty p.m. Eastern time, um, except for the next few weeks because we'll be doing the the year end awards, which will be exclusively on the podcast feed. We, we ain't sitting here live doing that stuff. It's way too much. You you don't want it. You want to be able to listen to it in chunks. Trust me. But yeah, that'll be over at ProWrestling.Cool as well as ZoneCast.com and iTunes and Google Play and wherever you want to find your podcasts. Fine. Also over at ProWrestling.Cool, we'll be wrapping up our uh, yearly statistics because we've been tracking the wins and losses throughout the year, so we're going to give you your final rankings in the cu- I believe next week and start everything fresh with 2019, starting with Monday Night Raw. Even though the fact it's on the day... It's the last day of 2018, but still counts for 19. Don't worry about it. It makes things a lot easier. Um, so I've that on social media. Facebook, search for ProWrestling.Cool, or go to Facebook.com slash PWDOTC. On Twitter, at TheHeelTurn, or at PWDOTC. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, personally, at The Underscore Ozone. Probably won't be active much in the next week or two because of the holidays. But yeah, who knows? I might, I might have something funny to say. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, get ready for the next few weeks on the podcast feed for uh, the best and worst of stuff. They're very long, but they're very good. Trust me. And uh, yeah. I hope everyone has a great next couple weeks. Uh, you have a Merry Christmas. Hope you had a Happy Hanukkah. Whatever. Festivus. Whatever holiday you celebrate. 
as long as you're having it with the people you love. And I hope you have a great and safe new year. Because next time we're live, it'll be 2019, y'all. And we'll be on the road to the Royal Rumble. That that's and hopefully the McMahons go away. That won't happen, but I can hope. That's it. We're done. Until next time. See you. See you then. Or until then. Whatever. Until then. Until 2019. Goodbye. This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.